Dadhood. Modern Dadhood Podcast. Oh, hey, Mark. Adam Flaherty. Adam Flaherty? What up? Adam. What's up, old feller? What is going on? I haven't seen you since this time last night. 24 hours ago. What is that all about? You're doing this same thing. Such is the life of a passion project podcaster. Alliteration. Yeah. Triple P, man. This podcast is called Modern Dadhood, and we say it's an ongoing conversation about the joys, challenges, and general insanity of being a dad in this moment. Mm. My name's Adam Flaherty. I'm a dad to two daughters who are seven and four years old. My name is Mark Checkett, and I am a dad to twin three-year-old boys. Who do we got today? Who on the podcast? Who's our guest on this episode? I'm actually excited about this one. Um, For personal and selfish reasons, we're talking to a fellow twin dad by the name of Shaw Flick. Let's chat with him shortly. I saw you finally signed up for Disney Plus. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, and I and I gotta tell you, we've spent in this house a lot of time on Disney Plus, and a, a probably a like more than fifty percent of that time is just me late at night watching Marvel movies. Did you watch Bluey yet? I didn't watch Bluey. What? Yet. We're gonna watch. Are Bluey. you kidding me? We're gonna watch Bluey. It's gonna happen. I've seen so many people mention Bluey. Like, it is the one thing that people have mentioned more than anything else about Disney+. It is so good. You will enjoy it It, as much, if not more, than the boys do. An eight-minute cartoon on Disney+. Plus. I will carve out the time, okay? I will. There's not even time eight minutes? I will carve out the time. You can spend eight minutes in the bathroom scrolling Facebook. I just did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> right before we it was record. more like 16 minutes so i guess i could have caught up on two episodes jeez jeez hey i'd like to catch you up on something that uh i feel like our listeners might be wondering about okay you remember the bouncy ball from a, a from a previous confessions segment the bouncy Mm. ball that disappeared and my son was devastated but i felt very good about the fact that it had been disappeared oh yeah 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 for a minute i couldn't uh thank you for refreshing my memory It, it made quite the return unbeknownst to me it was just in a drawer that was in full reach of the kids oh so you didn't actually get rid of it I actually didn't get rid of it on purpose. No, not oh. not that time. You just needed to take it out of circulation for a while. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. Um, but this time around, uh, it was it was spotted. We were at the kitchen counter. We were unloading the dishwasher and putting like I would hand like big spoon and they put it in the big spoon spot slot. Yeah. Little fork. They put it in the little fork slot. And it was going great and they were just being these little wonderful little helpers and a drawer got opened and it was like whoops my bouncy ball <laughs> and then we were what like what the hell is it doing in there we were dad like, oh that it is 
Yeah, oh, you! Yay, you oh, found it! Why did it. Rigby put the ball in the drawer? But dude, those bouncy balls—it's like a switch for the kids, man. They went—they went from being cute, and it was like a switch, dude. And yeah. they just turned into like little Tasmanian devils. And that I almost was just like said. Was it like Tasmanian <laughs> devils tornadoing around your house? Yeah, it was just like a blur of like cyclone cloud with the occasional arm poking out of it. You know, yeah, yeah. it was, it was nuts. And we tried really hard to just like, let's just let them play. They'll have a good time. But you know, something's going to get broken. Well, that's exactly right. And we tried to sort of corral them. We've got this kind of like, it's not really a hallway, but like back to the, where the pantry is. It's kind of like a little hallway. We're like, go back there. Cause it's like wall, 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 floor. See, right. just bounce them around and go crazy. But, um, they just, they can't, they can't, they can't handle themselves. So it really came back with, with a vengeance. And, um, I had, I had to put a, a rule. I was like, if this ball goes over the counter, I just like, I just picked something that I knew was going to happen in like 10 seconds. Like I said, if the ball goes over the counter, I'm, it's going back in the drawer, like it's going away, whatever it was I said. And like, it was like, okay, five, four, yeah. three. And then one of them just went whoosh, way over yeah. the counter. Did it go through a window? No, no, luckily. No, but it did sail past like 10 different things that it totally could have destroyed somehow. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they. So did it go back in the drawer or is it gone, gone now? I actually, uh, I took it and I put it in my pocket and, and in full view of them too. It was like, it's going in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And I just held on to it for a while and now it's upstairs in like a little trinket dish on top of my dresser how many months before it's discovered again because eventually they'll be snooping around in your trinkets yeah but i can't i i'm not gonna make any promises it might it it might never be discovered again it might fall off the back of a truck you know what i'm saying Some things just go away you know they yeah. just disappear for good i might put some concrete shoes on it let it go for a walk in, in a <laughs> pond off the end of a long dog yeah we'll see We'll see. Bouncy ball. I'm not into you. So I met Shaw Flick recently when he started working at my company as a copywriter and a mutual friend of ours reached out to me via electronic mail and he said, oh, hey, dude, there's this new guy, Shaw, you're not going to believe it. He has twins. I think you guys should hook up and chat because you have twins. I was like, cool. Okay. Uh, so we arranged a, 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 a Teams meetup. Is that, are, we, are you getting paid by Microsoft? Shout out to Microsoft. Uh, so, so we ended up meeting in a Teams chat like you do these days. We started swapping twin stories. We've got another coworker who happens to also have twins. She's in there too. We're talking shop. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, we almost got like a little club thing going on. It sounds a little exclusive. It's, it's quite exclusive. Anyway, he is a super cool guy. He lives in Portland, Oregon. He's a copywriter, uh, actually in our video services department. Believe it or not, he used to be the lead singer for the band Ra Ra Riot uh, when the band first formed. That's um, fun. Yeah, yeah. And for actually a little while, also during the pandemic, he he took the job of full time stay at home dad for his twins as well, which is I, I kind of bow down when I hear stuff like that. Anyway, he's a super cool guy. I asked him to come on to Modern Dadhood and talk twin stuff with us. 
Shaw, thank you so much for coming on the show. I love your podcast. I think it's really cool. It doesn't make me bristle like almost all other daddy content does. So thank you. You're amazing. We're psyched to have you here. Um, I know little about you, Sean. I'm excited to learn about you. So I understand that you, your twins and Mark's twins are the same age, three. Mm-hmm. You have two girls. Mark has two boys. Am I correct on that? All correct. That is correct. Yeah. Cool. Charlie man. and June. Oh, great names. Give us kind of, uh, give us a little bit of, uh, context about the girls. What are they into? What's, uh, fun? What's making you crazy? They are incredible. I, you know, if I say they're the lights of my life, I'm, uh, it's an understatement. They're just out of this world. Everything about them, this, the smiles, the, the way they eat, the way they take baths, like the way they run around, the way they interact with each other. I feel super lucky to have twins in my life and I never expected it. And, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about it on the podcast with you guys. All right. So before we get into the dadhood part, I'd love to hear, and I'm sure some of our listeners would about your brush with fame in the rock and roll business. Sure. At some point in high school, even though I was terrible at all instruments, um, I loved singing so much that I decided that I was like going to be in bands And then in college, started actually playing in bands. And I was like, this is really hard. But I was around a lot of really creative people. And I was able to bring a bunch of really talented people together. I was the front man of that band. We started it and it was awesome. And we had so much fun. And they're lucky enough that they still get to have that fun. And, you know, I'm here saddled with my twins (laughs) in my life that I'm obsessed with. So... But yeah, I like lo- I love those guys. They're they're wonderful, a wonderful crew of humans. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. So, we're here to talk about uh, twins because two out of the three of us have been uh, blessed. I'll say blessed. Is that the word? Yeah, I'll say it. I mean, that's what people shouted us from cars. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, double the fun. Yeah, double trouble. Um, but I'm going to, I'm, I was just going to drop a little statement at the, at the beginning of this. I'm not really necessarily taking a stance one way or the other, though I am biased because I am a dad of twins. So my, my statement is that parents of twins have a unique set of challenges that they have to deal with. Shaw, do you, do you think that's fair in your, in your experience? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, it's tricky because similarly, um, the experience of having twins is different from the experience of having a four-year-old and a seven-year-old, for example. I think that when people have their second kid, they, if they have a second kid, they start to realize that, um, that like exponential difference yeah. of like how much work and how much focus and like, you're got to get this like weird galaxy brain. And I, I think your reflexes get faster because you're, you're like, you have to be like the flash Sometimes where you just you're grabbing one head from falling down a flight of stairs and pulling the other one by their belt because they're going to fall off the porch or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that you don't know how it's happening. You don't know how you stopped uh, two children from falling down different sets of stairs at the same moment. But you did. But you but you did. And then you take about seven nanoseconds to breathe and then you're on to the next precarious situation. Yeah, the, there's the moment of like, is everybody okay? Let's collect ourselves. I need a minute. 
I think that's one of the hardest things about having two kids at the same developmental stage is that, um, you know, you're managing these moods that kind of like one of them is having a tantrum. The other one's annoyingly okay. And then, uh, then the, you know, the one that was having a tantrum is okay. And then the, uh, then the other one that was okay is now having a tantrum and it's just wearing away at your, the amount of patience you could possibly muster. And, you know, you have to just deal with it in that moment. And there, you know, it's led to some times where I'm, I, when I do have a chance to take a beat, I'm like, I don't feel great mm. about, about my own, where my own head went. Yeah. And that, that's a real challenge when, you're like a, in general, a real patient person. When I say something like that, Adam, what do you, what do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to challenge that just because I obviously don't have twins. I would imagine that there are challenges. I mean, Shaw, when you were saying that your tank is empty, you just sort of, you know, get to the end of your rope. Like I, I would imagine that's one of the extremely challenging things, especially when they're young three years old and younger. Um, I think in some ways it probably will get easier as they get older and get a little bit more independent. If I think back to the times when my daughters were really young and I just felt like I was at the end of my rope and I didn't know how I was going to like actually going to live another day. I can't imagine having another one there who's on potentially a different schedule. And I would imagine that dad's listening, you know, who have twins we'll be able to relate to a lot of those challenges that those of us who don't probably don't think about all that often. It's, it's weird as a dad because it's so hard when you're trying to manage two different moods and two, two different versions of the same reality at the same time. I'm like, I'm blanking on a lot of those like specific moments, I think because as a survival mechanism, just like, blocking those kinds of things out. Um, you blocked them out. <laughs> I think a lot of those memories got kind of overwritten by the pandemic memories because it was like, I switched to being full-time dad, at, you know, 12 hours a day, basically solo parenting. There's something. So you used the term survival mode, which is perfect. I mean, and, but it, it kind of, it feels like it at a very basic level. It's like they need to stay alive that's my job. I need to do what I can to stay alive. Like meaning don't forget to eat, you know, even if it's like a handful of Cheerios at two 30 in the morning, yeah. like do something. And then Tommy there, time. There, yeah, <laughs> there comes a point where they start to develop to a certain degree and the other complexities just start to pile on and it still feels like survival mode sometimes, but it's so different and there's so much more to, to be concerned with, especially when you start talking about their emotions coming into it and them starting to verbalize things and them starting to draw conclusions on their own. And now you having to also teach them things besides just, you know, putting the bottle in their mouth. I was going to ask, like you, you, you sort of painted this picture when you said something about them running in different directions, you know, and, and just having to like sp almost split your brain in half. It seems like to have attention on two people. Are there also ways that you found or find now at three years old that they are more in sync, though, than siblings who aren't twins? 
Um, I mean, I think a lot of their in syncness comes from you know we 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 put in some time and work and making getting them on the same schedules and we're really laid back people, but I think we come off as um like pretty high touch parents because there's so much planning and there's so much um uh kind of infrastructure that you have to build or you don't have to, right. But it makes your life so much easier. It makes it easier to manage those moments when they're running in different directions. Cause you know, what if you could establish something with them in, in terms of their like engagement with a situation where they understand that running in opposite directions is like, that is just not, not, the shit, you know, it's like, don't do it. (laughs) Like, so, you know, working really hard to get them into the mindset of like not doing that so that when we're in that moment, if they do, um, you know, go completely off from one another, then we can, it's easier to kind of recollect them. What pops into my head is like when I was in college, if somebody had said to me, Hey, is it nature? Or is it nurture? I would have been, I would have said a hundred percent nurture. Like I grew up in kind of a sort of a crappy household, like not a, not a really stable situation. So I was like, you know, if I had been in a different environment, who knows, I could have been like uh, the innovative CEO at a tech company or something like that, you know, or I could have been like a famous author. Like I, my, this, Things that I'm good at, I'd be so much better at if only I'd, you know, been nurtured in the right way. Or like the lead and singer just, of a famous rock band. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that. None of my none of my achievements. Nothing that I've actually done is like what how good it should have been. You know, I should should have I, I should have been in Vampire Weekend, not <laughs> Ra Ra Ra. Right. That's great. This might be kind of a, a silly question for those of us who don't have twins. I think particularly when you know somebody, you have a friend, they have identical twins, like from the outside, it's easy to kind of think about the twins as one unit. Like, of course, they're individuals. They have they're different people. They have their own likes and dislikes, whatever. But you think about it in terms of like, hey, there's there's, you know, the check its and the twins. For me, like it's hard enough to remember that my seven year old likes tomatoes but she doesn't like chickpeas. My four-year-old loves hummus, but she hates raisins. Like, what do I pack in each lunch? Like, those details make me crazy. But I guess my question is, with so with so many details, so much to keep track of in terms of your two twins, does it become even, like, that much harder when they do have so many similarities? I mean, harder. It's hard to say. Right. You know, I guess you don't know, but it is, I feel a little bit embarrassed because in my head, you know, they're two totally separate, totally autonomous people. But a lot of times the way we treat them is kind of as a unit, you know, am I putting different Mm -hmm. things in their lunches? No. Uh, June doesn't like tomatoes. Don't eat your tomatoes that I put in your lunch. (laughs) So, I mean, I, I, part of that is the, my stubbornness of not kind of 
uh, giving into mm. the whatever the annoying whim is because because I know that sometimes they do the like oh I don't like pineapple <laughs> like what are you talking about you ate it yesterday all yeah. day long <laughs> you are currently chewing on a piece of pineapple <laughs> this you you don't hate pineapple right. stop it I'm not embarrassed to say it but maybe I uh, I sometimes I just I'm like. I, I don't I don't really care that you don't like chickpeas, honey. That's what you have. And if you're hungry, you're not going to starve because they're there. Yeah, your teachers aren't going to let you starve. That's funny because I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I think for so long from the very beginning, it's less daunting thinking about them as a unit, as a one unit as opposed to two. But in my experience, it's just the older that they get, the more st- like so different they are that it gets it forces you to okay, I have to think about things a little bit differently though we do put the exact same food in front of them every time but I do think it is it is one of those things that maybe it's something that we should be aware of you know because you don't want to run the risk of not treating them as individuals. You want to be able to give them that room to find out who they are and find out the things that they like and the things that they dislike. Yeah, for sure. You know, maybe it's that I don't have a lot of opportunities to talk about these kinds of things with another twin parent where I'm, I feel like in these mo in this moment right now, I'm doing a lot of weird reflecting on what these things mean. And, um, I, you know, how much of June, you know, the way she expresses her emotions comes out of that's her emotional territory in some way where it's like Charlie has laid claim to X, Y and Z. So June lays claim to, you know, uh, C and J and L or, you know, just like random letters that are left over. Mm-hmm. Now, so I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, man, how intentional should, should we be with this? So I'm youngest. I'm from a family of four. I have three older siblings. I'm the youngest one. So I think pretty much everything I did was I was looking up at the older kids and mimicking. And I'm, I'm sure that goes on with kids that are the same age as well. I would think that it probably goes back and forth a little bit. Like, you know, my, my siblings were much older than me. So they, they were, they were not eight years older than me looking at what I was doing and being like, I'm going to do that. You know, it was always me looking up at them saying, I'm going to do that. But I wonder if it happens with kids at the same age, back and forth. But what I, what I, I guess what I have a personal concern about is going through so many days too quickly and too often speaking to them at, at, as one unit and rushing into, I'm trying to bring them into a decision for something, but I'm rushing to whatever that answer is by taking whoever yelled out the answer first and not giving the other one the room to think about it on their own pace. Like, here's the example that comes to mind because it's not food related, but I, I feel like it works for this scenario. When we go to school every day, there's two ways that we can go. We can go down the bumpy road or we can go the other way past the purple castle. Those are both real things. I know both of those spots. (laughs) And one day, one of my sons yelled out as we went down the bumpy road. "I, I don't like the bumpy road. The bumpy road scares me. And 
I said, oh, I had no idea the bumpy road scared you. Do you guys want me to go the other way from now on? And the answer that I got was yes. And so we started going to school every day, not going down the bumpy road, but going down to turn right at the Purple Castle. And then a couple of weeks later, I took only one of my kids to school because the other one had to go to a doctor's appointment. I go right past the bumpy road and really quietly in the back, he goes, I like the bumpy road. Oh. And I was like, I'm sorry. I thought, I, I guess I just thought when I heard the answer a couple weeks ago that both of you felt the same way, but I felt like such an idiot because in thinking back it was really clearly it was just one of them it was like i don't like the bumpy road oh do you not want me to go to the bumpy road anymore no i don't you know i just i just took them both together and okay this is the thing then this is the answer then but 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 it made me wonder when i heard i like the bumpy road it made me wonder like well shit what other things does he like that he never gets the opportunity to say that he likes and and is it me that's not giving them the room and him the room and the opportunity to, to, to speak his mind with children who are three years apart. We experience exactly the same thing. Hmm. And I think some of it is just a function of you're living your life. You ask a question, you get an answer and you move on. And just the fact that in retrospect, you're thinking about that and thinking about their individual preferences and needs. It goes a long way. Do you guys sep- do you separate the boys and do stuff sort of one on one? We do. Yeah, we do. Um, and I've and it's it's really important. We found it to be really important for not just them, but also for us. I mean, I can say that and I think this kind of goes back to what I was saying about, like, feeling intentional about certain things. And then that kind of goes back to feeling like we're in constant motion and the the faster we spin, that's how we can keep together. I mean, in my experiences, they're, they, they're pretty much the same. I don't know when they're separated, they're the same, but this is a conversation that comes up a lot, especially with school where they're like, Hey, maybe we should put them in different classrooms next year. I feel like we've talked a lot about the challenges of twins, but there's also how special Mm. it is, right? Like they're having a sibling experience that, I can only understand from the outside in a lot of ways, you know, and and my perspective is all knowing in some ways and then knows Mm. nothing at all in other ways. Mm. I was talking to somebody recently, like, you know, somebody at a checkout counter and they're like, oh, I have, you know, twins and they're in their thirties now. And it's like, oh, cool. You survived, you know, because I'm like thinking about it from the parent perspective. And she's like, more like they survived, like... (laughs) They were challenging and uh, and we didn't kill them. That's awesome. <laughs> like, okay. That's pretty funny. I do find often, I don't I feel like twin, like other stranger twin parents, when they see you with twins, they like, they seek you out. Oh yeah. They focus right in on you. And um, the, the conversation always starts the same way. Twins? <laughs> yeah. Then you look around and you go, oh. It was triplets two minutes ago. Shit. Where'd she go? I lost one of them. Yeah. As soon as we started going out in public, I, it was, it was no matter where we went, it was always like, it was just a countdown for the one other twin parent that's in the marshals to come and find us and be like, I'm a parent of twins. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. We have, we have that in common. 
it seems like that might be it. Yeah. Cool. See you later. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think about that a lot too, where it's like, how much do you have in common with like parents at your school, like uh, at your kid's school or, or just every other twin parent out there? It's, this is the same reason I I think I, I like your podcast and it's because I feel like I have more in common with you than I do it. Like when I'm reading a lot of other dad specific content, it's very relatable. Well, that's nice, man. Thank you. That uh, means a lot. Mm. Uh, We want to thank you, Shaw, for making time to talk twins with us. And it's really been super fun chatting with you. Thank you, guys. Like like I said, I'm not I'm not bullshitting you. And I say I really admire the work that you guys do. It's just really cool to get to be a part of it. Thank you so much, Shaw. Better, you guys. Thank you. After our interview segment, usually we do like a recurring segment. So that's a thing now. Did I just say that out loud? Confessions, talking with toddlers. There's a lot. There's a lot of them. Um, And each one is more popular than the next, if I might add. And you're right. And I do have one. I have. I have a. So that's a thing now. Great. Originally in my notes when I was prepping for this this episode i, I kind of put this little note in there that's a defiance defiance yeah defiance i was like this is going to be the so that's a thing now this this new form of defiance that my kids are but it's not really defiance or, or at least that's not new it's not that so that's a thing now because there's kind of always been there but it's sort of some kind of escalation they both do it a little bit but one of them it's almost as if he's trying to rise up to this level of authority in a situation. So for example, something will be going on, whatever it is, he's just come home and instead of putting his shoes where he's supposed to, he's just kicked them off and they're in the middle of the room. And so I might say to him or my wife might say to him, Oh, Hey, don't, don't forget. We put our shoes in the closet when we come home from school. And so the defiance is usually like, no, you know, just Mm -hmm. like a little snarky three-year-old. No. But what's happening now is, so we'll say like, okay, well, don't forget. Like, we just kind of remind, don't forget. We put our shoes in the closet. So then he'll take it a step further and kind of, he'll say something like, well, I don't, I don't like my shoes. I want to put them in the trash. Like he's trying, like he's trying to, I don't know. He's trying to like. He's pushing boundaries. He's totally pushing boundaries. So it'll go from no, which it was that it was, it was no for like a long time. And then we would just be like, "Mm, put them away. It's not going to fly. Yeah. And so now it goes to this. I don't like them anymore. I want to throw them in the trash. If we'll engage, he'll, he'll come right back at us with some of the things that we say and use to the kids. For example, mm. if we've gone back and forth a little bit, he'll throw his hands up like this and he'll go time out. Ooh, which is definitely something that I do if they're both going nuts and it's, yeah. it's just a cacophony, you know, craziness in the room. I'll say, OK, oh, t- everybody time out. Like, that's just me trying to be like, everybody take a beat. So, yeah, yeah. So he'll kind of use it back at us in moments like that. OK, time out. And then he'll say, I'm going to count. Oh, uh, <laughs> what happens when he gets to three? I, well, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't know if we've ever quite well, we have gotten there. But um, but I think what we've learned is when it does escalate to that point the best thing to de-escalate is to 
we're going to have to ignore this. We cannot, we cannot engage in this, in this back and forth with a three-year-old. It's just, it's just empowering him more, right? It's just sort of bowing to his, his authority to like control the situation. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that when he gets, when he gets there, my wife and I sometimes look at each other, uh, at each other like this is kind of hilarious and actually also really kind of cute that he's 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 oh, yeah. understands what it is that we're doing when we're when we're saying, OK, guys, time out. Hold on a second. You know, and if it gets a little crazy, OK, guys, I'm going to count. All right. You know, and that means it's like it's getting serious. Like if I get to three, something's going to get taken away. You're going to lose that thing or whatever it is. Um, so for him to be like feeling, OK, I need to. I need to get serious like they get serious back at them. Yeah. And count like, I don't know what he's going to take away from me, my car keys, but <laughs> you know, you're grounded. Yeah. So, uh, and like your instinct might be to laugh, but you also don't want to no, laugh, yeah. right? You don't want to belittle him. Yes. Like we try really hard to, my wife and I will sometimes kind of give this like side. eye, like, we got to laugh about this later. Yeah. And here's where it goes a little it, it's easy to ignore if it's like just me and him going through that or just my wife and I, or even the both of us in him yeah. going through that. But sometimes it gets tricky because he'll do that to my other son. Like he'll, mm-hmm. he'll take that tone with him and say, time out. I'm going to start to count and then he'll start to count. And then we kind of have to intervene. You have to, yeah. you have to say, no, you can't, you cannot do that to your brother. The, the 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 cutest part of the whole thing, though, I think, is if that does happen and he counts to my other son, there's been a couple times where the other son will go really like he's like he's really like set off by his brother treating him like that. So he'll he'll say, you're not a daddy. You're <laughs> not a daddy. Which also which is really which is really cute. <laughs> also hilarious. Which is also really hilarious. But it also is one of those moments where I, I kind of look at the situation, I go, But what but what about mommy? Right, <laughs> right. Am I the only one who <laughs> I know it's I know it's not just me, but there's yeah. definitely an association in there with like the whole time out, I'm gonna count you and take something away with oh, yeah. me. Which is not not super great. Um, but it, it's quite a spectacle sometimes. Oh, it's fun. It'll be fun to see how that continues to shape and, you know, as both of them grow. What's the next phase? What's the next phase of that? Maybe he is going to start taking stuff from me. Got- He's probably going through your trinkets right now looking for that ball. Shoot. I got to put stuff. I, I got to put stuff up even higher. Yeah. There you go. That's a thing now. That's Defiance. A thing. A thing now. Defiance yeah. elevated. Dads, you can find us at moderndadhood.com on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, Pocket Casts, Overcast, anywhere you like to listen. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you listen. And word of mouth is always a great way to help us spread the word about modern dadhood. And while you're talking to that friend about the show, um, follow us on social media. We've got a Facebook page, an Instagram account. We've got a YouTube. We've got a YouTube. You can actually see some, uh, some of the guests. It's fun. It's great. Check it out. If you have questions, ideas, complaints, we invite you to email us anytime. We invite you to email us anytime at hey at moderndadhood.com. And we want to say a few thank yous. Thank you, as always, to Casper Baby Pants and to Spencer Albee for the fantastic music in our show, to Mr. Pete Morse at Red Vault Audio for mixing the podcast. Check him out at redvaultaudio.com. 
and to Mark's friend, and now my friend. Exactly. He's Shaw your friend. Flick. He's all of our friends now. Anyone listening out there, consider Shaw a friend. Great dude. Also, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>